Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in episode 130. What's right with Nick Wright podcast, YouTube show, like, rate, subscribe, review on YouTube. Evidently, there's a thumbs up thing. I've been, I've been supposed to have been telling you guys to check out, do that, click that, hit the bell. So, you know, when we go live, we rarely do Wednesday shows. We're doing this show on Wednesday because we couldn't do it on Monday because I was hosting the herd. We're also going to have a show tomorrow. Then we're going to be dark for a bit because I'm going to be out of town. Also, on tomorrow's show, we should have some updates on what this show is going to look like, sound like, and feel like over the next few months as Demonze transitions to the West Coast. But we have a ton to get to, so as we always do, let's discuss what is not on today's show. What's not on the show is Brittany Griner officially re-signing with the Phoenix Mercury. Shohei Otani is going to explore free agency. And any NBA topics are not on today's show. We're going to dive into all of that as the NBA stretch run hits us on tomorrow's show. Demonze, what is on today's show? What are we leading with? Well, you went MIA last week when we were supposed to do the pod on Thursday. Oh, on Thursday, I went missing. So I can explain that, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so were you invited to the Celebrity All-Star Game and just didn't tell us? You know, it's funny you ask that. I wasn't, but I did kind of feel I got it. Felt like you should have been in it. Yeah, I got a, I got an email from the people at Two K, NBA Two K. They're like, "Hey, we're doing something with the All Star Game. Are you going to be in Salt Lake?" Blah blah blah. And I was like, "Oh, sweet. They're going to be like, you want to be in the Celebrity All Star Game?" But um, that wasn't it, and I wasn't there. But go ahead. Uh, so uh, was there a chance that you were partying with Mahomes and Travis Kelsey? Okay. So, okay, that's a ridiculous Photoshop. Um, <laughs> this is why you should watch on YouTube. What Am I wearing a toga in that? Yeah, that's, um, like, that's the Greek thing. So, yeah, so he, so here's the deal. I'm going to tell you why I didn't do the show Thursday. So the plan was to do the show Thursday. Yeah. I had a 6 a.m. flight out of Kansas City. that would have I would have landed at LaGuardia at 9.30 in the morning mm-hmm. and been here in plenty of time for the show. Wednesday night was a long night, which, you know, I would imagine we'll get into. However, I got to the airport in plenty of time, got up, or didn't get up, never went to bed, got to the airport, got on my flight, immediately went to sleep, woke up like two and a half hours later, and we'd landed. And I was like, this is perfect. We're early. Mm-hmm. Like, because Kansas City, they were supposed to land at 9.30. It was like 9 o'clock. And I was like, this is perfect. And I stand up and I stretch and I look back. I should, yeah, I mean, look back. Yeah. I kind of exposed myself there. So I was in first class and your mom and sister were not. Yeah. Um, and so I look back to where they are like, hey, or we should probably get off. And your mom's like shaking her head. The plane is not taken off. We have been on the runway for two and a half hours because the runway was icy. And then I was like groggy and confused. So I just went back to bed and I was like, well, this is, you know, there's nothing I can do at this point. Well, you know, I'm going to get some more sleep. But then when I did wake up mid flight, there was no Wi-Fi. There was no nothing. You were worried. You didn't know where anybody was. 
the TV and podcast people didn't know what was going on. So that's my bad, but that was not my fault. That was not due to your responsibility. That was simply due to the Kansas City runway getting iced over and me falling asleep. I mean, I got to the Kansas City runway the next day. Um, yeah, but it well, weather problems. changes. <laughs> we, weather changes hour to hour. Go ahead. All right, so tell us about the parade. What happened after? Okay, so the parade was unbelievable. There were a few things. I, I'm not going to get into all the details of it. I wasn't able to actually be in the parade The the as far as like the actual like buses and golf carts and stuff. There was some weird stuff with uh, the local television affiliate in Kansas City that had bought the rights to the parade uh, thought that if I was in there, like I was going to be broadcasting and they weren't a Fox affiliate. So I said, screw it. We did our show from, you know, 20 feet from where the players were going to be on stage. So and there were already a couple hundred thousand people there waiting for that portion of it. So we, I did that and took, I don't know where they found all these pictures. I guess people posted them on Twitter. If you're watching on YouTube, I took probably 10,000 10, uh, stretch, but a couple hundred pictures, saw a bunch of Kansas City people. It was truly unbelievable. And then there's the moment that our wonderful social media producer, Lori, put together, which is the Kelsey and Mahomes stuff. So we can, I think, show you uh, these videos, and I think there's even so. Here's Mahomes. So this is when they're getting off the bus, getting ready to go up on stage. I'm getting ready to go take my spot, uh, to do the TV show. And believe it or not, this here, what you're seeing, what you've seen on social, is my first time, <clears throat> first time seeing Patrick in person. Yeah. Uh, but. You know, he and I have had, you know, a texting and kind of media relationship for the last few years. He obviously was feeling good and having a good time, had a few beers on the bus yeah. and was very happy to see me. And then my guy, Travis Kelsey, who prior to this day, I had never even texted with. Uh, he was very happy to see me. Yeah. And the jacket I'm wearing was a little background there. He, when they won the Super Bowl three years ago, he was wearing a $20,000 Louis Vuitton fur coat. And it had a very similar pattern as that jacket I was wearing, except his was black. I had, I guess I have text with him a bit because I tried to buy it from him Okay. a year later. And he said, because uh, I was like, you're never going to wear it again. Uh, because somebody had meant to, there were, it wasn't out of nowhere. Someone had mentioned it, and and he so I, lead to he gave me a lead in, and I was like, "Yo, maybe I should, you know, see if you'll sell it to me." Right. And he was like, ah, "I might need." He, he said, "I got. I'm going to hold on to it. I might need it again." So I thought, I was like, "You know what? I think he's probably going to wear that coat again." So I knew I would listen. I wasn't going to buy a twenty thousand dollar jacket, but I was like, I can get something that's similar right that's kind of in as i said an homage to to his previous thing and it went exactly how i thought it would which was while everyone was like you're wearing broncos colors blah blah blah. i was like my guy the greatest tight end ever is going to recognize the hat tip to his previous to what he wore to the parade a few years ago so next year are you going to wear a wwe belt Oh, so I like that you're already assuming the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl next year. Um, I agree with you on that. I'm not certain. Uh, but then, you know, so then we did the show, and then that was that, and then your mom and I went out to dinner, and then I would say, you know, and I think we have, that there was, oh, well, go ahead, ask your other questions, then I can talk about the evening that was. Sorry. Yeah, so did you ever end up touching the Lombardi tro trophy? No, and I wouldn't even if I had the opportunity. You're not supposed to touch it unless you win it. It's not the what you're not you're not supposed to you're not supposed to touch a championship trophy unless you won it or have won one. 
Well, isn't aren't don't they say like uh, affiliates of the states are like also like allowed to touch it? Like if you like or like a president or something like that. Sure. Or if you're you know, if you are, are at all employed by the chiefs or any of that stuff. But I'm none of that. You don't I'm think just, you have any type of jurisdiction in Kansas City at this point? Well, I mean, could I when my friend Quentin's term is over? Could I run for mayor? Maybe. By the way. Oh, I didn't tell you this. Prior to our show, while we were waiting for the chiefs to arrive. I was outside talking to people and I'd go inside to warm up back and forth. Your mom and your auntie, Deanna, were with me, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they had the best seats in the house. Yeah, they told were telling me. They were sitting one row directly in front of Jackson Mahomes. <laughs> uh, they had the best seats in the house for the speeches. But in the interim, we were in this, if we wanted to be in this little like holding area. And the mayor of KC, who's my high school buddy, came in. And then introduced me and your mom to the governor of Missouri, who I'm not a big fan of, and the governor of Kansas, who I'm a huge fan of. The governor of Kansas is a little older lady. And then they, you know, they, your mom comes over, we take pictures, whatever. Then, and this will, this, the uh, audience won't appreciate this quite as much as Demonze will. Then your auntie comes over and start i don't know has a 10 minute loud conversation <laughs> with the governor of kansas who at some point says to her so and she was so nice and your auntie's my favorite person in the world said to her so who are you again <laughs> and, and diana's just out of her mind wearing two chiefs jerseys so happy and i don't think she knew at the time right. who she was talking to it was so good. Uh, so so we did all that. Then we do the show. Then we go home. Now go ahead and ask and so, question. So you went to the club. What happened there? So this was interesting. Out of so the night before, I had texted Patrick and said, just got to Kansas City. You know, like, what's going on tonight? And he said, on my way to Travis's. So you're texting Patrick Mahomes. Is this like, is this what? Go ahead. on Twitter? It's DMs, okay. it's DMs, uh, and he's like, on my way to Travis's, not sure what we're doing, I'll let you know. Then I get to Kansas, I land, your mom and I go out, he doesn't hit me back, and I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hit him, you know, I bother right. him again, yeah. it's a big night for him, whatever, I should not be top of mind, no problem. Right. So then the next day, your mom says, she's like, find out where the player, like, where the player party is gonna be, and I'm like, I'm not gonna hit Patrick up a second time. And like right. I said, Kelsey and I, except for the one thing about the j- jacket, had never DM'd or anything. So she was like, I was I was like, I could hit up Travis. I was like, but he doesn't really be on Twitter. Like, right. I And she was like, all these guys are on Instagram. And I'm never on Instagram. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And this is mortifying for me. So I'm like, well, let me see if I can DM Travis on Instagram. And I go to his Instagram page. And it says he's following me and I'm not following him because wow. I'm never on Instagram because I don't really yeah. use an Instagram like that. Right. And I'm like, oh, I'm such a dope. Right. So that was a good lead in. So, yeah. So I just hit. I was like, hey, where's everybody at tonight? And instantly he must have been on right then. Instantly right. He says we're all at Mosaic. Come through. So your mom, your auntie and I Mosaic and Power and Light. So there's a bunch of parties going on in Power and Light. And then Mosaic, like, is roped off and, like, the outside lights are off as if nothing's going on. But it is clearly something going on. And I'm walking over and I'm like, ah, I don't know. This could be, I, this, we'll see how this works out. And as soon as I walk over, the guy, security guy, knew me or liked me or whatever. And we just went in and then, I mean, got a table and... It was quite the evening. I mean, this happened. We can show you this. Yeah. So, me. So th- this is. We are standing. If you're not watching, there is. If you ever been to a nightclub these days, when they bring out bottles, they, they there's sometimes signs like "That's Happy a marquee." Birthday. Uh, yeah, a marquee. It's exactly a marquee. right. Um, and we're at the table, and the bottle ladies bring out a bottle of champagne. And the marquee says the committee warned you. Yeah. 
and it was sent by Mahomes and Kelsey. Yeah. And so, you know, that I, I don't know. I, I don't know what other pictures I've shared, but then listen, I'm not going to over talk here, but everyone's having a good time. Mahomes, though, is Patrick Mahomes. So he has to be, even in this setting, you know, very cautious. Mm-hmm. So he, I don't know. He probably left around midnight. Um, but Travis stayed. Yeah. And, you know, was the life of the party <laughs> to the point to where once again, you're, I am hanging out with the offensive line and shout out to Creed Humphrey. Um, because Creed Humphrey pulled me over and demanded, he was like, you need to give Andrew Wiley his flowers. You need to give Orlando <laughs> Brown his flowers. These guys kicked ass. They Nobody ever talks about him. He was such a cool guy. But now I'm hanging out with 300-plus pound offensive linemen, right. and those guys can drink. And, they, <laughs> and so I'm over in a different area, and I get a text from your mom that says, look at the DJ booth. So I'm like, what? And I turn, and in the DJ booth is Travis, the DJ, your auntie, and your mom. That's it. That's it. And they're just partying. And so that was the evening. So we were there until it was time to go to the airport. And that was the evening. And now uh, one little addendum to the story, Travis is hosting Saturday Night Live okay. a week from Saturday. Heidi Gardner, who is one of the stars of Saturday Night Live, is a Kansas Cityan and invited me and your mom to be in her dressing room backstage for SNL, but we're going to be in Brazil. Right. And so he can't go. But Travis is crushing. Yeah. He's just crushing. And is, like, as nice of a dude as I've ever met as far as celebrities. And so, yeah, it was a good night. It was a good night. It was a good time. You guys a spot. Say it again. That's a Saturday Night Live. You know, I thought about that, um, and then I was like, I'm going to actually just hold it in reserve to take your mom another night. So sorry about that, that I can't give it to you, but that's fine. Um, You may have not touched the trophy, but mm -hmm. you may officially be a part of the team after that weekend. Okay. Oh, well, there is this. This is a great picture on YouTube. This is the GM of the Chiefs holding the trophy, FaceTiming with me shortly after winning the Super Bowl, if you're watching on YouTube. None of this happens the Super Bowl or my involvement without Brett Veach, who was awesome. So listen, so there's there's the recap of my wild 72 hours in Kansas City. It was as good of a professional moment and personal professional kind of combined moment of my life. Yeah. Like it was kind of the culmination in my life as a sports fan and my career where I got to go back home and be treated kind of like yeah. You know, someone that really matters to my hometown. And then the two greatest athletes with respect to George Brett and everyone, the two greatest athletes, in my opinion, in the history of Kansas City, two guys that could go down as the goats at their respective positions, mm-hmm. Mahomes and Kelsey, really embraced me. And they embraced me in part because the rest of them, they really bought into that nobody believed in the Chiefs. Right. Except me. <laughs> Which is hilarious because they're not really a plucky underdog, but a lot of people throughout the year were doubting them, and I wasn't one of them. Yeah. So it was great. All right, now we can do the actual show. Let's go ahead. All right, so the Ravens are giving Lamar the full runaround, man. Yeah. Everyone in the buildings keeps saying how much they want Lamar and value him. Their new offensive coordinator says he doesn't even mind if Lamar holds out, which is kind of weird because why not just pay him if that's Mm -hmm. the case? Uh, Do you think think Lamar is going to be traded, right? And uh, but by delaying this as long as they have, can they even salvage? Oh, they can definitely sell. They could get a ton for Lamar. I do think he's getting traded and and we can go. We went so long. I don't even know if we'll go a full 12 minutes. So we might actually go under and over the clock in this first segment because the clock's showing up for the first time right now. But we're going to go fast here. Uh, I don't even know. Relationship is irreparable. I I don't think it. Irreparable. Um, the, the I wasn't trying to be rude there. I was no, no, trying no. to be helpful. Um, the 
It's not irreparable if they pay him. If they give him $200 million guaranteed, that'll fix it. But they don't want to. And I, I believe this is ending in divorce. And, you know, in real divorce or sports divorce, if it's ending in divorce, delaying it helps no one. It doesn't help Lamar. It doesn't help the Ravens. Their, you know, their leverage does go down and down. And even if he were to sign the franchise tag and agree to it, if he waits, which he's allowed to, until a few days before the regular season, and then with a new offensive coordinator, whatever new players, he's not in there, that does not set anyone up for success. So I, if you don't want to pay him, I am certain there are teams that would, and they will trade you multiple first-round picks for him. Right. So this, I and the, let's say even their best-case scenario, if you're Baltimore, you franchise tag him, and he immediately signs it and comes to all the offseason stuff. That's their best-case scenario. How can they at all be confident that if he gets dinged near the end of the year, he's not going to shut it down? When it seems to me that's what happened this year. He had no long-term security. He got hurt, so he didn't want to come back until he was 100%, which with his style of play and with anybody's style of play, particularly his, that's going to be a tough putt. All right, next. All right, my guy, man. Daniel Jones uh-huh. switched agents and now thinks he's worth $45 million, $45 million a year. Uh-huh. Uh, which would tie him with Patrick Mahomes as the fifth-highest-paid quarterback. Seems right. Seems a little robust. As a Daniel Jones stand. I think this is a little bit crazy, but uh-huh. I think we're in the right area. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, Saquon also says he wants to test free agency. Mm-hmm. Are Jones and Barkley enough to build around, or does D- Dable already ha- already need to start over? Okay, the Daniel Jones forty five million dollar thing, and I said this on TV, but I this is it is a vintage example of what I call the bachelor party in Thailand scenario. So let me explain this to you. All right. Demonte, you're engaged in this metaphorical world, okay? Yeah. Um, you want to have a bachelor party in Vegas, okay? You know your fiancé is going to pitch a fit about that. Wants you to just go golfing low-key weekend with your buddies. But you want to have a blowout in Vegas. What's the best way to accomplish that? Here's what you do. Okay. <laughs> you tell, no, it wasn't a quiz. You tell her, honey, I've thought about it. Me and the boys are going to Bangkok for my bachelor party, going to Thailand, which is kind of known as like one of the wildest cities in the world. And then she goes back to our Vegas. And then she's like, are you kidding me? That's insane. No, like, no, that's, that's what we're doing. You can't do that. But fine. I guess we'll just go to Vegas. You're damn right you're just going to Vegas. So if Daniel Jones wants $38 million, which is insane for Daniel Jones, if you put out there you want $45, then $38 does not seem as crazy. This is the same. I mean, there's many different examples of this. This is the same as for, you know, Kids, you know, teenagers that are listening to this show, if you take out the car that you're not supposed to be driving and get in a wreck, it's not a terrible idea to tell to when you come home, be like, Mom, I got something to tell you. I got to I know you're going to be mad. I got a DUI and wreck the car. And she loses her mind. Again, this is really mean to do. Don't do this. No, sorry, mom. I was just kidding. I was just kidding. But I did ding up the car the other (laughs) night. And then just the initial like relief that it's not that you're not going to get as it's not the same as mom. I got something to tell you. I dinged up the car like you said it here. And then the bad news isn't quite as bad. Okay, but the Giants have one option with Daniel Jones. They franchise tag him, not the Lamar franchise tag, the exclusive one for 45, the regular franchise tag. For $32 million and you see. And if you can get Saquon on a reasonable three-year deal, fine. If not, he's a running back. 
He's been injured a lot. You might lose him for nothing. But you can't give Daniel Jones a long-term deal. You got to, you can franchise tag him and then make him play adult quarterback. Adult quarterback. Not this gimmicky nonsense he was doing and see if he can do it. And if he can, then you can consider paying him real money. But the franchise tag is there for a guy in Daniel he's, Jones's situation. He's just, he should say he's going to sign in Thailand. Okay, yeah. Uh, get, your, get your 38 million, man. Would you, I know you're a Daniel Jones guy. Would you be comfortable giving him four, a four-year contract? Or would you want to see him for one more year, maybe with the training wheels taken off a bit? A little more layered passing, downfield passing. He threw for 15 touchdowns all year. 15. How many picks? Seven? Five. Five? Five in the regular season. Yeah, 15 touchdowns, five picks. Yeah, that's damn near a three-to-one ratio. That right. is exactly a three-to-one ratio. No, it's not. 15 to five? Exactly. Oh, 15. Wait, I thought you said he threw 14 touchdowns. No, 15. Okay. He threw 15 touchdowns. Um I I yeah, the year I I, I think he's a mobile core. I think he's You think I've disrespected him too much. Yeah, I I don't think he deserves that type of slander. Like he's like middle of the barrel. Middle of, that's fine. Middle of the back. So franchise tag him. And if he plays great, he'll make a ton of money. And if he doesn't, then at least you're not tied to him. All right, last. All right, the last of the head coaching vacancies have been filled. Somehow, none of them by Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. Uh, some in the some in the media say Eric Bieniemy was not responsible for the Chiefs' success. What do you think about that? By the way, you think you think that's well, an accurate? I, listen, I think that there's something about him like not calling plays. Yeah, because Andy Reid's there. But the problem with that is Matt Nagy was the offensive coordinator for Eric Bieniemy, and he got hired to be the head coach of the Bears. And Doug Peterson was the offensive coordinator for Andy before Matt Nagy, and he got hired to be the head coach of the Eagles and now the Jags. So it hasn't been used against the previous OCs. Go ahead, though. I see. All yeah. right, but Panthers offensive coordinator Jim Caldwell said Tuesday he's given up on head coaching jobs. Yeah. He's 62-50 and 50 as a head coach, but hasn't gotten a job since 2018. Yeah, and, and listen, for the record, Caldwell, once he made a Super Bowl, went 14-2, and two, uh, one year with the Colts, including starting off 14-0 and before they rested guys, and had the Lions uh, as a nine-win team repeatedly, and then they fired him for Patricia, and Patricia, they won four games like every year. But go ahead. Okay. Well, now the enemy and Caldwell are stuck with their low-tier uh, offensive coaching jobs. Offensive coordinator. Oh, offensive yep. coordinator, sorry. Yeah. Uh, will this offseason prove to be the tipping point, or will we see more of the same thing going forward? We're going to see more of the same thing. Listen, I talked about this at length on television. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it here. Uh, I am not sitting here saying I'm certain Eric B <coughs> Eric Bieniemy will be a great head coach. I am certain that if Eric Bieniemy were white with this exact resume, exact everything, he would have gotten an opportunity. That and and go ahead. Why would you leave a team? After winning the Super Bowl, why would he go from offensive coordinator with the Chiefs to, to Washington? Because the his belief is, and I think Andy's belief is, no one's going to give him a job. They're going to give Andy and Patrick all the credit. So instead, he has to go somewhere else and prove himself. And prove himself. But nobody else has had to do this. So I I laid this out on TV, but I'll do it again quickly. In the 2018 Super Bowl, the it's Rams Patriots. Zach Taylor's the lead guy on the Rams staff on, on the offensive side. He becomes head coach of the Bengals. Josh McDaniels, lead guy on the Patriots side. He shortly thereafter becomes lead guy for the uh, for the uh Raiders. 2019 Super Bowl. Uh Chiefs and Niners. Eric Bieniemy put him to the side. Mike McDaniel for the Niners. Now, Mike McDaniel is biracial. The Dolphins coach. But I, I don't even know if you knew that. I mean, he doesn't the, look like he's just white. Well, but sure. And I people, but I do not think he walks into interviews and deals with the same. Oh, you're saying he's mixed with black. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think people, I don't think he necessarily deals yeah, with the same instant pr right, prejudice <laughs> or assumptions of others. But he did eventually get a job. 2020 Super Bowl. Chiefs Bucks. Two black offensive coordinators who have. Leftwich and Bienemy neither got head coaching jobs. Leftwich eventually got fired. Bienemy had to leave. 2021 Super Bowl, we have 
Rams and um, Rams and Bengals. Bengals guy got inter- interviews and was a candidate this year. Didn't get the job. The Rams guy went to go coach the Kevin O'Connell, coach the Vikings. This year's Super Bowl, Eagles, Chiefs, the enemy Steichen. Steichen got a head coaching job. The Colts, the enemy still waiting. There is an obvious, and by the way, you know who from these Chiefs Super Bowl runs did get a promotion? A guy who reports to Eric Bieniemy, Mike Kafka, got went from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator with the Giants. It the numbers are undeniable, and in a league that is this dis, disproportionately black, to have the head coaching ranks be this disproportionately white and the offensive coordinators be this disproportionately white, it cannot be coincidental. And Levitard used to use this example. It's the right example. If you woke up tomorrow and 60% of hockey coaches were black guys, you'd say, well, that's a little odd. They must, there must be something intentional going on to make that happen. When you, but when you wake up every day and the vast majority of NFL head coaches, offensive quote masterminds, unquote, and play callers are white guys, in a majority black league where even these days you have damn near half the quarterbacks themselves being black, it doesn't pass muster. And I know people don't like talking about this because so many people are more bothered by talking about racism than by actual racism. And I don't think there's a lot of teams out there that are like, I won't hire a black guy. I don't think it's that old school style of racism. I think the people, the owners and the GMs who are conducting these interviews have implicit biases, whether they know it or not, that they don't think black people are quite as sharp and smart as white people. And head coach, offensive mastermind is a thinking man's job. And I think some biases that are deeply ingrained in people show up when they make these decisions. You want to motiv- you want to coach my defense, which is about motivation, rah, rah, sure. You want to be a position coach, no problem. But you want to be my analytical genius, not sure that guy's quite sharp enough. I think that is clearly what's happened here. The numbers and the data to me are undeniable, and I don't know how you fix it. I like EB a lot. I think it's a shame, and I don't have a solution for it. Take a quick break. Come right back. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right, welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright? That opening segment was about 35 minutes long. I think I spent a little too long talking about a little self-indulgent, my day at the parade and such. So let's get right into the B block, then we'll get to your questions and comments in the C block. Uh, Go ahead. All right. A.J. Brown came out saying the Eagles can trade him if they don't re-sign Jalen Hurts to wherever he ends up getting traded. To. Uh-huh. There's also rumors Stephon Diggs may be getting tired of Buffalo, and he's out here tweeting weird stuff to escalate. I don't know if we're going to show something for the folks on YouTube. Oh, I didn't know about the Stephon Diggs thing. 
Um, but uh, I could lose it all okay. if I'm reacting to the petty things he tweeted. Go ahead. Uh, meanwhile, the Chiefs got rid of their deeper receiver and are doing just fine, mm-hmm. obviously. It kind of seems like pay, uh, paying big name, big mouth receivers isn't really all that necessary. Which of these teams need to play, placate, placate their wide receiver core or more? Uh, all right. So listen, I I think A.J. Brown was just supporting yeah. uh, Jalen and they're going to pay Jalen. So I don't think that's a problem at all. Uh, I think this is a, a non-story almost because Jalen's going to get paid. Right. So I think AJ was just supporting his guy. Now AJ does seem like at times a lot to deal with on the sideline. That playoff game that they were up twenty and he was upset he wasn't getting the ball was not a great look for him. Uh, and his comments after the Super Bowl were wild. They should have gotten more run after the Super Bowl. He said. Yeah, when so they kicked a field goal to go up 27-21 mid third quarter. And he said after the game, when he was asked about it, he's like, Yeah, if I'm being honest, when we kicked that field goal, I I knew we could lose the game. It's like, buddy, you're up six in the Super Bowl in the second half. But I, you know, his point I think was like we needed touchdowns, but that's probably something you don't want to say out loud. Stefan Diggs has always been a handful. He's a hell of a player. player. So, so no, no, I don't, I don't think, think that's, that's it. it. That, that, that is, is the situation, situation at all. All right, we're going to take a 30-second break. Come right back and play Dr. Right because we're going to get our audio fixed. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, welcome back in. Listen, we're gonna we're having a few audio issues. We apologize for that. Demonze, go ahead and let's try to play Dr. Wright. Go ahead. Uh, so first off, we got uh, Derek Carr. Yep. Dr. Wright. An untested treatment is hitting the market. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr has never worked in trials, but patients around the league are lining up. For whom would you prescribe Derek Carr? It's very simple. The Jets. Derek Carr, in his tenure in the with the Raiders, had six head coaches and had a bottom 10 defense every single year. I don't think Derek Carr's great. I think he's fine, though. And the Jets haven't had fine at quarterback for more than a couple years over the since Joe Namath was there. So I think Derek Carr with the Jets makes a ton of sense. Unlike with Rodgers, he's younger than Rodgers. He's cheaper than Rodgers. You don't have to give draft picks to get him. The Derek Carr and the Jets is absolutely what should happen next. All right, next up, we got Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Dr. Wright, a few franchises are interested in the alternative medicine of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. It's not for everyone, and I'm pretty sure the Packers are in their third year of an allergic reaction. That's pretty funny. Yeah. The, the Jets are so desperate, they're willing to experiment. Can Rodgers immunize a cursed French franchise? Um, I mean, I wouldn't be in the Aaron Rodgers business anymore. Guy's annoying. Guy's really I annoying. Mean, it's, it's too much, man. Yeah. It's just too much. It's just four days in darkness and don't believe the media and don't believe the president and don't believe me. He even said, not me, Nick, Wright, But me, yeah, Aaron so. Rodgers. and it's just, it's just too much. And the juice is no longer worth the squeeze, right? He wasn't that good this year. And so will someone trade for him? Yeah. Could I oddly see maybe the Titans? Mike Vrabel, try to win, done with Tannehill, maybe. Could I see the Raiders with Devontae? Sure, possibly. I don't think the Niners can make it work cap-wise, but he missed his window. He went to a Super Bowl, almost immediately won it. The next year, they were 15-1, and should have won it again, and they got lost their first playoff game. Um... And then they had a bunch of opportunities. NFC Championship game against the Falcons. The defense couldn't get a stop. NFC Championship game against the Seahawks. Uh, they were up two scores with a couple minutes left. And they gave up a touchdown and onside kick, losing overtime. 
NFC Championship game against the Bucks. They blow it, and then Rodgers doesn't run it. You know, down eight, they kick a field goal. The next year uh, is round two at home against Jimmy G. The Niners score zero touchdowns on offense, and the Packers can't win. And then last year, they, they can't even beat Detroit at home. The window's closed. So uh, the Packers should turn the page and move on from Aaron. It, listen, he's one of the most talented quarterbacks ever, but now he's in that bucket of guys whose postseason success does not nearly measure up to the regular season resume. There's no way around it. Next. Oh, all right, the doctors down in Dallas have done some worrying tests. Yeah. Uh, in my medical opinion, Dallas hasn't expired yet. Okay. But I'm just a nurse. Okay. Nurse Dr. Wright, is a quarterback transplant in Dallas still too premature? Listen, here's, here's what I'll say on this. If you love C.J. Stroud, the idea of trading Dak for the number two pick, I don't think Houston would do it. But if they would, if you love Stroud, makes a ton of sense because the it's not just about Stroud. It's also about the $45 million of extra cap space you have over the next four years. Yeah, just because he's a rookie. Because he's on that rookie so. deal. The Again, I've, I've talked about this. And then this Dallas already has a... Go ahead. They already have a good team. Well, right. And they have an excellent defense that they're going to have to pay. Right. Uh, so since the, new, since the rookie wage scale has come in, guys, I don't know how many instances we've got to show you of guys who have not yet been paid and what it allows the team to build around them when it comes to going on deep playoff runs. So you have just in just over the last decade, okay? Russell Wilson, third round pick, super stack team, goes to two Super Bowls, wins one. Cam Newton, number one overall pick. He had been paid, but the contract hadn't kicked in. They're 15 and one. They go to the Super Bowl. The, the Eagles have Carson Wentz as the number two pick. He gets them the number one seed. He gets hurt. They win the Super Bowl with his backup. The Rams with Jared Goff. He's the number one pick. They go to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. They go to two Super Bowls before he gets paid. Joe Burrow goes to a Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts goes to a Super Bowl. It's if you get the right guy, the, that opening few years of his career is such an advantage. And so, I, listen, I don't think, I think it's a moot point because I don't think that the, what should we call it? The, uh, the Texans would trade you the number two pick for CJ, for Dak. But if they would, if you love CJ Stroud, it's not a ridiculous thing. All right, next. All right, since your last appearance, the Cardinals treated their Cliff Kingsburyitis. Mm -hmm. However, Dr. Wright, there's still Murray's Law to worry about. Mm -hmm. Murray's Law states, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Mm -hmm. When your quarterback cares more about Call of Duty than football, mm -hmm. uh, sorry, is, is Murray's Law going to sink, sink the Cardinals? The Cardinals need to blow it up, and they don't know it yet. They, they Listen, maybe Kyler takes this time with the injury and matures and all that stuff. But I I think they're in really rough shape, and they just hired a defensive coach and a defensive coach who gave up 38 points in the Super Bowl to a quarterback on one leg. It's not great for them. Next. All right. I didn't realize you're also a veterinarian. Uh-huh. The Chicago Bears were looking like mounted pelts on the wall, but with, with, your, with your medicine and the first pick, they might just be able to come back to life. Should they donate their quarterback to another team or address other issues first? No, I would keep Justin Fields and I would trade the number one pick to for a bunch for a of picks. No, oh, no, no, no. No, I would trade <laughs> the number one pick for like with the Colts for the number four pick, the, their second round pick and their first rounder next year. So the Colts can draft Bryce Young and so you can then go fill all the holes on your roster at wide receiver and offensive line. All right, next. All right, we'll get more into the NBA tomorrow, but we have a final case. 
The yep. NBA All-Star Game was infected with a severe case of laziness. Mm-hmm. We were the only doctor creative enough, creative enough to save All-Star Games. Save us, please. Well, listen, I, I talked a lot about why this has happened um, on the TV show. I, I don't need to get into it here. As far as a fix, I got to I gotta tell you, and I don't know if he was the first one to come up with it, but he said it, and I think it's really smart, and I think for the first time, uh, we have now enough numbers for it to actually work. I liked Craig Carton's idea. U.S. versus the world. I think that would add some edge to it. So what would the world team look like? like Giannis, Jokic, Jokic D- D- Luka, wow. Markkanen. There's a lot of guys. Now, the, the world bench, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. wouldn't be as deep, but I think that would put some real pride on it. So you have, like, let me just look Joel at Embiid. Embiid, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the 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 non-U.S. team would maybe ha- like would have some, you know, maybe too much size and not enough wings. But if we look at it, let me hold on. Let me let me just go to the All-Star Game box score real quick. You would have Giannis, Markkanen, Siakam, uh. That's it on that team. Embiid, Jokic, Doncic. Uh, and that might be it there as far as guys that made it. So you'd have to add, you know what I mean? Bring, add some other ones. Right. But that's a hell of a top six. Mm-hmm. And then you have LeBron, if everyone's healthy, KD, Steph, the American stars. We know who they are. Ja, Tatum, all those guys. I think that I think that would add an edge to it. All right, we're not going to take a final break. We're just going to get straight to your questions right now uh, because we're going late and we had some technical issues. So, Demonte, go ahead and add these. Ask these listener questions. Uh, Joy said, "Nick, have you ever thought about writing a book? What would be What would it be about?" Well, that NBA fifty best players the last fifty years was supposed to be a book, and then I turned it into the podcast series. Um, I can't believe you thought about making that into a book. Why? Tell me why. You're not going to insult me. It's just like, that is like, I feel like the way to do it was the way you did it. Maybe. I mean, but you could. Were you going to put like pictures and stuff in there? Well, no. no. <laughs> but it would be, it would be more storytelling about the players' careers. You know what I mean? And then kind of like the. the A little history of basketball. Yeah. Well, um, Bill Simmons did it already, though. He okay. wrote the book of basketball. It's 700 pages long. And it culminates in his 75-player pyramid. It's a great book. Great book. Um, I if there were ever a book, I wouldn't write a book. I don't think. Uh, your mom might. Demonze's mom, my wife, her life story is incredibly unique, mm-hmm. and I think would do well as a book. And we've actually talked to some people about potentially doing that. Uh, but no, I don't. I at least at this point in my career told me anything. I man. don't I swear. What? I just never I mean all this like this just came out of nowhere. Well, my my high school girlfriend mm-hmm. who I was incredibly close with her family and Danielle met them because at the beach the, the Well, they let us go to there when your mom and I started dating. They owned a house in the Florida Keys, the Blatt family, wonderful people. They your mom and my first vacation was at their vacation house in the Florida Keys. Um, Her little sister reached out to me like 18 months ago because she works for a publishing company wanting to know if, you know, I ever had any interest in maybe writing a book or anything that she could help me with it. And I think your mom's story is more interesting than mine. And I like Kendrick Perkins just wrote a book. Seems like a, a book tour and the promotion and all that. If I ever took a ton of time outside of my career it would be to go to law school or to try to actually become a professional poker player okay. one of those two things not to write a book all right next all right so no book ethan 2060 asked what's a better moment mahomes giving the trophy to a fan or brady throwing the trophy to another boat all right so that wasn't the real trophy mahomes gave to the fan that guy your mom and i actually saw at the grand falloon or somewhere with that trophy what did that guy had a life-size, really well-made replica. Was it heavy? So the, it was heavy. It was inscripted, all of it. So 
What the video doesn't show is that guy had they the gave trophy. It to him. Gave he it to gave Mahomes. it to Mahomes to take pictures with, and then the video picks up when Mahomes already has it, right? And then he gives it back to him, and it looks like Mahomes gave him the actual trophy. Propaganda. All right, it's next. Finest. All right, everyone asking or everyone watching asks, Devonze, did you get your license? Yeah, dude, I actually got it. I went out there and got it the very next day. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's I, great on YouTube. That, that picture. It was yeah. way easier than you thought. It's way, yeah, I didn't, not riding the DMV out or anything, but I'm pretty sure this is how it goes. They didn't ask me for anything. Um, I just had to show them a picture of the license that I had before on my phone and verify the address that's on the driver's license and then verify the address that I want the driver's license to be sent to. It, getting the license, if you have an active license, getting a replacement for an active license not a huge headache. Right. And Getting a new license or dealing with it if, if it's expired and you don't have the physical copy of the old one is a total pain. Yeah. No. And uh, yeah. A, I, I went there with my with my social, all my papers, obviously. Yeah. As I was walking out, I dropped my social out of the vanilla envelope and I just Manila. kept walking Manila. Yeah. And the lady uh, flagged me. I was about to leave my social security card oh. on the ground at the DMV. You I did that exact same thing with your social security with card. My social. When I was signing you up for school when we moved to Texas. <laughs> I brought all that documentation to the school, had it all in a manila envelope. It fell out, and I kept going. And luckily, I realized it retraced my steps and got it. That's a pain in the ass. Man. Yeah. And the, the social it's security so card small. for it being so important, yeah. it's so flimsy, and yeah. it feels like it should be laminated. Uh, well, good job, oh, buddy. Talk about how uh, the Manila envelopes are not called vanilla envelopes because why would they not be called vanilla? They're vanilla. What do you mean they're vanilla? They're the color of vanilla. No, but is Manila a color? Yeah, buddy. Okay. Well, I, actually, I don't yeah, know. I was that. about to say, let's I not go crazy on me. I don't I know, know why are was a color. Why do they call it Manila envelope? Paper makers faced with a cotton and linen rag shortage came up with the idea of recycling manila rope previously used on ships as paper pulp. The resulting paper was strong, water-resistant, and flexible. Manila ropes are made from and named for manila hemp, which is where we get the name manila envelope. I'm here to tell you, folks, I'm not mad at you if you call them vanilla. Okay. Everybody knows what you're talking about when you say it. Yeah, they just think you're, you know... Uh, not in tune with the uh, with the past? I don't know. Well, listen, I'll be honest. I didn't know why they called it that. I just knew it wasn't vanilla. Yeah. Do you have your vanilla envelope? No, I brought strawberry with me today. There's today's show. We got a full episode for you tomorrow. I got to get to go do, I have to go do TV. What's right? <laughs>